Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. You know, one of the things that I love about our worship is that there's nobody on this stage that it's about them. It's not about a show. It's not about who can uh, be famous. It's about how can we lead others into the presence of the Lord. And I think they did a phenomenal job. Now, I think I see a few faces in the room that traveled a little bit. So if you had a more of an hour drive, go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, so y'all, thank you so much for making the trip. I do believe it's going to be worthwhile, and I'm going to move around this stage to make sure I can see everyone's eyes. Um, Please have mercy on the visibility in this room, but I am grateful that we were able to be in such a beautiful venue. It's so special, and I'm grateful, Uh, but I do want to say thank you for coming. Thank you for carving out your schedules, for getting the babysitter, for overcoming social anxiety and worries that, do I really want to go? Overcoming, it's going to be rainy, and my hair doesn't do good in the rain. Okay, so I have found that women can be, (laughs) have the most interesting excuses on why they were not able to make it to somewhere. And I'm not going to lie, this morning when I got in the car, I was like, but I straightened my hair. (laughs) Any wavy girl, wavy hair girls in the room, curly hair girls in the room. Okay, so to straighten your hair is a feat. So it's got to last a little bit. (laughs) But I am glad that you overcame whatever you had to overcome to be here. Thank you. We are uh, doing this event, and the theme is Live Lovely, and that's what I'm going to talk about today, is how to live lovely and what that means. I do want to encourage you that we prayed over every single woman in this room. We prayed where you should be, what table you should be at, and in this last year, if anything, we've learned is we've got to be super flexible, because at any minute, someone can be quarantined or somebody can have a symptom that they're unable to attend. So I just want to encourage you right now that accept the table that you're at as an assignment from God. That God wants you right where you are, because I don't believe that it's an accident. I don't believe that it just happened to be that you fit into that table. I believe there's something there for you. The other women around you in the circle, I believe they're going to encourage you. Their stories will speak to your story. There will be a relationship built that your leader, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is anointed to lead that table. And so just if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know these people. I don't feel comfortable with these people. I wish I was at so-and-so's table. Just let all that go because that's the devil. Okay, so the devil wants you to believe that you're not right where you're supposed to be. He wants you to be thinking of, oh, is my husband remembering to make sure that my child goes to the potty because they're potty training? <laughs> We're thinking of, oh, did, I get, did my boss get that email I sent to him this morning? Okay, all that is distraction, and we are going to be present because God is willing to be present with us in this moment. He's not distracted. He's not thinking about the other things going on in the world because he's omnipresent. He can be all places at one time. So when he's here, he's 100% here. So I'm asking you to be 100% here. 
Allow the Lord to take care of the things that are running through your mind and be present. But this venue is traditionally a wedding venue. And so I know that when I saw it, I just thought, I wish I could have had my reception in a place like this. This is beautiful. But it did remind me of my wedding. And my wedding was beautiful. It was very early 2000-esque. <laughs> and you always look back at your wedding pictures and think, whoa, that was an era. That was a decade. Um, and so that's just the nature of weddings. So anybody planning a wedding, just know it happens to all of us. We look back and think, why? But why? <laughs> why did I like that and why did I do that? But my wedding was beautiful and there was so much preparation put into it. I'm talking about, you know, I was a lot back then. Jesus has done a lot in my life since then, but I uh, will say that there was a nickname given to me in my family, and it was not nice. It was Bridezilla, and so I was very concerned about the details and the planning of my wedding, and I had done a lot to do that. It was beautiful, but even to this day, one of the most significant memories I have is after I said my vows, Stephen and I said our vows, we went to the communion bench. In the olden days, we took communion at weddings. We didn't tie knots and pour sand. Uh, so we took communion. <laughs> and so we were at the communion bench, and Stephen, my husband, leans over and says, Babe, I forgot the walkout music. And I remember thinking, Seriously? And so I lay my head on his shoulder in distraught because I was like, Really? But in that moment, it's funny because later on, people at the wedding were like, oh, it was so sweet when you were at communion and you laid your head on his shoulder. And I got a lot of great pictures. The pictures were beautiful. I'm like, we're so having a moment. But it was not as it seemed at all. Okay, so here's the deal. I still regret that moment, y'all. I can laugh about it, but I literally am like, if I could go back and change that one thing, then it would have been great. Okay, so this is what happens. I grab my bouquet from my sister, who was my matron of honor, and I look at her and I say, clap. Because I thought, I was like, this is going to be the most awkward moment that I'm about to walk into. Everyone is looking at me, and this is not the way it was supposed to be. And so I turn around, and I grab Stephen's arm, and we walk, and the sound man, in a split decision, decided to play the 80s very slow altar music as we exited because that was the only thing he had available. <laughs> and so thankfully, a few people clapped. So it wasn't a, huge, it wasn't a total disaster. But um, the bottom line is, as much as I had prepared, I wasn't ready for that moment. There was nothing that I could do to fix it. In that moment, it was like, yeah, there, I can't run off the stage. I can't make an announcement. I have to just go with this. There's no more time. There's nothing that I can do. And being ready is easy to say, but not always easy to do. Because in our lifetime, 2021, women have more on them than ever before. We got to be ready for that presentation at work. We got to be ready to teach that lesson. We got to have our lunch bags ready for our kids. And of course, family comes first. So there's plenty of things to be ready for in your own family, not to mention your extended family, that they plan their picnic and they expect you to be there. And cousin so-and-so's child is having a 
fourth birthday and they think that that is the most important thing on the schedule and there is no reason in the world why you should choose anything else but to be there. Okay, so there's demands of life that we've got to be ready for. And then we have, if you're a student in this room, you got to be ready for a pop quiz. you got to be ready for those tests. There are so many things that we have to be ready for. But yet I remember when I was young, I had a mentor that he would look me right in the eyes when I would get frazzled or off. He would look at me and say, Katie, keep the main thing the main thing. And what he was saying was that you are worried about a whole bunch of st stuff that doesn't matter. It is not the biggest thing that you should be paying attention to, and you've got to keep the main thing the main thing. So everybody in this room just right now, say, keep the main thing the main thing. You can tell I used to be a teacher because I think that that helps you remember things. Okay, so as Christians, we believe that Jesus is coming back for his bride. It also says that it would be a pure and spotless bride. So for, for us as Christians, we believe when we become a Christian that we are now a part of the global church. Everyone in this world that's a Christian, we're part of that family. We are a part of the bride of Christ. Okay, so the bride of Christ is supposed to stay ready for his return. When you think of a bride, there are not many things in this life more lovely than a bride on her wedding day. She is prepared. She is ready. Girl, she had her makeup did. She had her hair did. She had all of the things, okay? Now, okay, so back in the olden days, we didn't do all this. We didn't do our fake eyelashes, and we had to have our fake nails, and then we had to have our, you know, um, massage that morning, and then we had to make sure we made it to the spray tan, and we didn't have those options. It's awesome <laughs> that we have those now, but the list that brides have to check off now is way bigger than what we used to do. Uh, we did the best we could, but it's much better now, so uh, I'm grateful that you can get your eyelashes, but it's so much more, <laughs> that day is so much more than the water walkout music, y'all. It's a day that means commitment. It's a day that's the, one of the biggest decisions of your life because you are committing your whole life to one person. And as a Christian, we believe we are committing our life to our soulmate, Jesus. As a Christian, we don't believe that there is another soulmate for us. We believe there can be a husband or a wife or a person, I mean, a friend that comes in our life that helps. We, we believe that a, a husband and a wife are a gift from God, but we also know that a husband and wife are not guaranteed. There will be some that live single. There are some through whatever events that will live divorced. And I believe that God wants you to know that he is your soulmate. He alone is your soulmate. Everything else in this world that's given to us is a gift. And that's something that we are supposed to take seriously and be grateful for. But it is not the main thing. It is a gift to add to our life. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's supposed to make our life. That's when we get into idolatry. That's when we start worshiping our kids because our kids' schedule is the only thing that we can think of right now. That's when we start think, worshiping our husband because he's the only one that can fulfill us. That's when we start worshiping our jobs because I want to climb the ladder and be the top of the top of the best. None of those things, a husband isn't bad, a job, a career is a blessing. Our children are a blessing. 
but it can't replace the main thing. They are gifts, but Jesus is our soulmate. So Revelations 19, 7 through 8 says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. That's us. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Now, just before you get worried, this is not an end-time sermon. <laughs> this is a reminder to us, and just so you all know about the end times, because everybody's concerned about that right now, when Jesus rose from the dead and he said, I'm coming back again, it began the end times. So we have been in the end times for a very long time. Now, yes, if you are studying the Bible, which I think you should, it's the best thing to study, there are a lot of signs and prophecies being fulfilled, and that's exciting. We want Jesus to come back, <laughs> okay? So it is, it's something that we are not afraid of. We don't look at the signs around us and think, wow, the world is just terrible, and what if Jesus comes back tomorrow? We are not afraid. Our job is to be ready and to live lovely like the bride that he's coming back for, okay? So this is an opportunity today to get ready for him. We wait for his return. We make ourselves ready. We live every day lovely. And one of the things that I remember as I was praying for this event that I kept on seeing every time I prayed, I saw a butterfly flying. And every time I went to prayer, I saw this butterfly flying. And I thought, God, what do you mean? I feel like this is from you, but I'm not really sure why I keep on visioning this. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, tell my women that they were created like the butterfly and that they were not created to carry the weight that they've been carrying. And so I believe today you're going to leave lighter because you have not been created to carry the weight that you've been carrying. And so not, this butterfly has been created with a purpose, and it goes out throughout his day, lovely, beautiful, delicate, fulfilling its created purpose, pollinating. It's not busy like the bee, y'all. It's not. It doesn't have a concern, even though it's one of the most fragile. It is not like the ant. It doesn't carry something larger than its body on its back. It literally flies doing what it was created to do. It's not worried about the bee. It's not worried about the ant. It's not looking at everybody else comparing itself. It's just doing its created purpose because it has been made a new creation. See, it used to go about low to the ground. It used to be go about destroying plants. But yet there was a transformational process, and now it is a new creature. And it doesn't, it's not insecure anymore. It's not destructive to relationships anymore. It is a blessing to everyone that it comes in contact with because now it's a pollinator. It's a producer. It's a contributor. It's not a sucker. It's not an, do you see what I'm saying? The caterpillar eats life from the plant. The butterfly takes pollen and gives life to the other plants. There is a total difference in the transformation that happens in the butterfly's life similar to the process that we go through when we meet Jesus. We go from distant to close. 
from bound to free, from hindered to unleashed, we go from destructive to productive. And that's what happens when Jesus changes everything and makes us a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 through 19 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. So the world that you're worried about, don't worry. Jesus already did what was necessary to reconcile them. Our job is to give the message of reconciliation to them. Okay, so not counting their trespasses against them. Thank you, Jesus, that we are not held accountable to the actions and to our sin. He forgives us when we come to him. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Entrusting means that it was precious, that it was so valuable to him. He trusted us and said, you are the one to carry my message of reconciliation to the world. I've already saved the world. I've already made the way. You go deliver the message. We deliver that message through our life. We deliver that message while we're in the drive-thru. We deliver that message when we're putting the kids in the car. We deliver that message. You see what I'm saying? This message is bigger than just words out of your mouth. We are a new creation. But I believe there are four groups in this room today. If you're in this room and you feel low and ashamed, beat down and distant, I do have good news for you. I believe today that you can make a decision to surrender your life to Jesus and become a new creation. You may be sitting there and thinking, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I want some of that. <laughs> okay, so today is that day that you will have that opportunity. And for those who would say, maybe you're in this room and said, you know what, I've forgotten who I am. I'm, I may not be crawling, but I, I, I feel like I'm not flying either. And today is your day to lift that heavy weight, to let Jesus take that weight from you and forgive you of all the sins and say you were created to fly and be a blessing to others. Some, you may say, I don't, I feel stuck. I'm stuck in this cocoon. I know I started the transformational process, but honestly, I don't ever think I got there. <laughs> I didn't get to that new creation part. I feel stuck. Well, today, I believe that you are going to get the revelation from the Holy Spirit that you will be unstuck, you will be unleashed, you will be freed to do what God has created you to do, and you will walk in that new creation, not doubt whether he really changed you or not. And if you are thriving and you're fulfilling God's given purpose on your life, today is the day to fill up. Today is the day to fill up that pollen and go give it to everybody else because we cannot do it without filling up. Well, I talked to our team earlier that we, the Bible gives us a circle to show us how to thrive. And there is no receiving without giving and no giving without receiving. And so that's what we're doing today. As people watch us with joy and with peace and perfect love, there can't be any others that are around us that will not be impacted. When they see the beauty of being forgiven inside of us, you may think they don't get it, and I've been trying, but they're just blind, they're hard. Guess what? 
You can just know the Holy Spirit is bigger than that blindness and that hardness. And what you're doing is making a difference. And you may not see it in this lifetime. You may just be a seed. You may just be a part of their journey or their transformation. But you better do your part because God has created you to do it. I'm not responsible for people to change all the way. I'm responsible for me to be a part of the journey that they're on and me to do what God's asked me to do in their life. So that weight is not mine to take. Okay, so one of the things that I I had a visual of, I woke up the other night and I had a dream and I was gripping my hand. So I woke up and my finger was like stabbing my hand. I was like gripping something. And I thought, oh, my Lord, what was I doing to myself? What was my dream? I couldn't even remember. But my, my blood had been cut off, the circulation, because I had stabbed my finger in the grip. And I didn't even know it. I was asleep. And so I literally was like, what am I doing? I opened my hand, and I was like, I don't think that that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, and I just thought, I think that's exactly what oftentimes we do as Christians. We fall asleep and all of a sudden, we have gripped onto something. We've gripped onto sin. We've gripped to unforgiveness, to offense, to rejection, to resentment, to bitterness, to addiction, to filling ourselves with other things other than Him. And all of a sudden, we're like, wait a minute. Why am I gripping so tightly the blood circulation? Oh my goodness, save it before I go too far, before I cut the skin. I got to release that sin before I cut the skin. We got to be aware. Jesus said to cast our cares on him for he cares for us. He gave us the solution to heaviness. I was talking to a friend this last week, and I talked about the fact that, you know, when you cast a fishing reel, which I'm not a fisherwoman, but when you, fi- when you cast a fishing uh, rod, what we generally do is we reel it back in, the line. But what Jesus was saying here was cast your care upon him, and he cares for you. But casting means casting it, letting it go, and throwing it all in, never to be reeled back again and again. And so if we're reeling back the cares of this world, we have not casted it. Casting means throwing it and letting it go and not reeling it back in again. He also said that his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. And actually, one of our guest speakers, Jessica, is going to teach a little bit more on that today. So I'm not even going to cover that point. I'm going to keep going. Isn't that cool how God speaks? God speaks, and we are going to be in sync with the Holy Spirit. We have another guest speaker surprising us here in the middle of the day. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit has spoken to each of us a piece of what's supposed to happen today. But I want you to know that he wants you to leave this place lighter. So look at your neighbor and say, you're leaving lighter. And then look at your neighbor and say, I'm leaving lighter. Okay, so here's the deal. The solution to the heaviness will not mean the world's problems lessen. If you've looked around and noticed, the world's problems are increasing. Okay, so that's not going to change. But what we can say is that the solution to our heaviness is in the Lord, and we can cast our care on him, and he cares for us, and we don't have to hold that. You know, Jesus watches heartbroken because he sees what the world is holding. They think they're going to solve it. They think they have the solution. But he's looking and saying, that won't work. But I can't show you what works because you're holding so tightly to what you think will work. 
and he wants to give us the solution. He is the remedy to the world's heaviness and the world's brokenness. You know, oftentimes when we come into this kind of this environment as Christians, if you're used to conferences and going to church, oftentimes we think I'm going to go to church and I'm going to fix my frustrations. (laughs) My frustrations, God is going to fix them. And so sometimes we will miss the mark of what God's wanting to do because we are wanting to receive something from him that is not as good as what he has for us. And so even though I do believe that when we come under his will, there are less frustrations because we learn how to manage and walk in the fruits of the Spirit. But if you came today and thought, all my offenses are going to be fixed, all those people that did me wrong are going to call me and say, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's not necessarily what's going to happen today, and that's not going to take your heaviness away. You know, if you thought, we're going to get the fix to all America's problems, That's not what's going to happen today other than we know who can fix America's problems. And we are going to go to the world and still give the message of reconciliation. But we realize the laundry list for America gets longer and longer. Okay? We also realize that wouldn't it be wonderful if we came into this room and all of our problems with our husband change. Our husband changes. He takes out the trash when he's supposed to take out the trash. He acts like a romantic movie when he acts when we want him to. But guess what? You're probably going to go home to the same husband you left. (laughs) That is just how it works. But here's the deal. If you are single in this room, I believe that your solution is not in when Mr. Wright walks in. Your solution is in Jesus, our soulmate. So sin is a weight we were not created to carry, but because of toxic thoughts and because of addictions and because of the pressures of this world, oftentimes we will pick up that weight. It squelches our purpose. Our new life in Christ that we for was forgiven of our sins now is so quickly tainted by the very thing that he saved us from because we start making choices like our old creature our old creation, before we were a new creation. We have a soul that, if unhealthy, can become weighed down. Have you ever seen a picture of a mad butterfly? No. (laughs) Because a butterfly does not carry weight, and I'm just telling you, if I'm not having to carry anything heavy, I'm pretty much happy. (laughs) The, The heavy weight is the one that makes me grunt and stress and my face red. I am mad. I am frustrated. Why doesn't anybody see that I'm carrying this heavy load of groceries and somebody's not going to come help me unload my car? Oh, (laughs) okay. So the butterfly doesn't do that because he doesn't carry that weight. Many times we don't even see where we picked it up. Like I said, we're asleep. We have to watch our responses to life to show us. Our responses to life show us where we picked up the weight we weren't supposed to. So let's unpack this a little bit. I believe that our response to life can move from self-care to self-defense to self-defeat. And so this is the thing that we have to watch, this pattern in our lives. Because let me tell you something, that getting your nails done is not going to solve the need for self-care. I love getting my nails done. I love that. That's a blessing. But self-care is to live lovely, unhindered by the weight of sin. Checking our lives, checking our hearts, 
and making sure our soul stays healthy is the best self-care that we can do. Because we know that the devil is throwing darts. That's what the Bible says. The devil wants to throw darts at us so that we are injured or wounded and then we take on a stronghold of sin and we don't even realize it. Problems happen in life that we don't realize are the devil. I'm not talking about every problem. I'm just talking about some problems are the devil. The devil puts it in your path so that you will respond in such a way that will lead you to self-defeat. Okay, so for example, you're having a great day. All of a sudden, you get a text. This thought, like a dart, just pops in your head. Have you ever had one of those thoughts? You're like, where did that come from? And immediately, you're having an emotional response. You went from, I love everything, I love everybody, and now I am frustrated. Okay, so we went from connection to disconnection. All of a sudden, I was loving my husband, and he texted me something with not a friendly emoji, and I'm like, there is disconnection there. Okay, so from humility to making excuses. Making excuses and blaming others is always a, a thing that we want to watch to make sure that we realize that that's not a response from the Lord, and I've got to go back and make sure that I'm not operating in self-defense. Just because the dart of the enemy hits us doesn't mean we have to allow our emotions to take over. These weights can move us into self-defense, and that's where deception, deception happens. We start assuming. And if you've heard Pastor Stephen talk about it, he talks about assumination. We start assuming these people are against us. We start thinking, what are that, why are they being difficult? Who said what, and did they just attack me? Okay, so we start believing these thoughts, and it brings hurt and confusion, and it leads us to self-interest. It's human nature to want to avoid pain, y'all. Our response, if possible, to a self-defense mindset is reconciliation. Reconciliation means that's what Jesus came to bring. He loves, so we love. He forgives, so we forgive. We carry the message of reconciliation. We never want our feelings to jump out before our prayer does. Prayer comes first before our reaction so that we can protect ourselves from the sin that wants to come and take a hold of us. You know, I meet people all the time. They live with regrets. They look back at their past. They look at their situation in the moment, and they can't see a way out. And I believe today that we may be looking at the frustration, but we're not looking at the thing that God wants to actually do. We're distracted. Now let's talk about self-defeat. These self-defense mechanisms, because we feel like we have to protect ourselves, can lead us into believing things and saying things like, I have to be strong. I have to right this wrong. I have to manipulate, I need to have more, I need revenge, I will never have what they have, and it's all about me. Our world gets smaller and smaller and smaller until we are weighted down by so much sin, but we're asleep, and we didn't know it cut the blood circulation off. We are no longer that new creation, that butterfly that flies and is fulfilling the created purpose that God gave him. One of the interesting things that I learned about butterflies as I studied, and I am closing, 
is that during a storm, butterflies retreat and find refuge from the storm. And one of the places that they find refuge is a crevice of a rock. And I just want to speak this scripture over you. Psalm 18.2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. See, a stronghold was a safe place in war. And that's what sin can become. It can be our false notion of a safe place. And Jesus said, I am your stronghold. I am your safe place. That sin is the least safe you can be. That protection you think is protecting you is harming you. He's the rock that we can hide in. He is the deliverer of sin. He is the one who breaks our strongholds. He is the safe place where we don't have to carry any of the heaviness. You know, I do want to talk a little bit about the fact that how butterflies are so fragile. They're so delicate. Every time they go out to fulfill God's created purpose for them, do you know that it's a risk? But they realize that life is short. And if anything this last year showed us, we should be living like life is short. We should be living like tomorrow is not promised. But what were we created to do today? And that's what we are to fulfill, not comparing ourselves to the bee or the ant, but just doing what he's asked us to do. Pollinate, be blessed to be a blessing. Be a message of reconciliation to this world. I believe I'm talking to someone who in this room, you may say, you know what? I felt really insecure. Because honestly, I have believed that if I don't do it all, if I don't carry it all, if I'm not strong enough, that I'm not valuable. And I believe God is wanting to tell you today that that's a lie and that needing him doesn't make you less valuable. Needing him sets you free to do what God's created you to do. Because you're no longer focused on how I can be valuable. (laughs) You've already got that settled because he put his value on you. So you now can put all of your time, energy, and effort into doing what he's created you to do and fulfilling the purpose that is on your life. I do believe today that there is um, some people in here that do want to surrender their life to Jesus. Whether it be the first time or maybe you say, I've just been far from God and I want to make that decision today to come back to him. I have been trying to live on my own. I have been trying to do it all. And I realize I need him desperately. There's sin that's weighing me down and I can't go forward without releasing it today. So I do want everybody to close their eyes right now at their table. And we're going to do a little bit of ministry. If there is any ministry music we can provide, I don't know if that's possible, but If that is you, if you're like, I know that today is my day to make Jesus the Lord of my life and to give him all the heaviness of sin, to repent. Or if you're coming back to him and saying, I need you again, God. I'm sorry for thinking that I could do it without you. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right where you are. Awesome. Awesome.
we're going to pray. And I'm actually going to have everybody repeat this prayer. Lord, we come to you today asking you to take off all the heaviness, all the sin that I've picked up, whether knowing it or asleep. I want to fulfill your purpose. I repent for trying to do it all on my own. And I ask you to lift this heavy burden and help me fulfill my created purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.